like the show? Want to listen to episodes early? Consider becoming a patron. Starting at the $3 a month level, patrons get access to a custom patron-only feed where we put out episodes of Upstairs Studio podcasts like the Child Care Bar and Grill, Miss Becky's Classroom, That Early Childhood Nerd, the Renegade Rules podcast, and others early. That feed is just for patrons. You could be one of them. Go to patreon.com slash playvolutionhq or click the link in the show description to learn more. Hey everyone, it's Heather. I know you're here to listen to the podcast, but did you know I also offer all kinds of online consulting services? Stuff like webinars, book studies, curriculum training and consultation, and even companion activities for podcast episodes to use for staff development. If you're interested, you can check out my website at www.thatearlychildhoodnerd.com or you can email me at heather at thatearlychildhoodnerd.com. Thanks for listening. Grab your highlighters. Can't find them? They're probably right there in your pocket protector. It's time for that Early Childhood Nerd Podcast. Let's get nerdy. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of That Early Childhood Nerd. I'm Heather Burnt Santi, again, still. <laughs> and today, Mike Huber is here with me um, to talk about his children's storybooks. Yeah, good morning. Um, well, morning, morning for us. I have morning no idea for us, yeah. People are listening. <laughs> Uh, somebody will be listening in the morning. Hey, there we go. <laughs> um, so, uh, so most of you, a lot of you who are listening, have heard Mike before, either on his podcast, my podcast, um, and maybe even read the Embracing Rough, Rough and Tumble Play book that we talked about a year or so ago, maybe on the show. Um, but you also have this collection of children's books. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's funny because. Um, that's how I got started in writing. And it's also the reason why I have more books with Red Leaf than uh, Lisa Murphy. Or no, we have the same number, but... Uh, um, Not as fancy. <laughs> but, but a lot less words. You know, my first six books uh, for Red Leaf, and it was about, um, you know, 4,000 words, 5,000 words. Uh-huh. Um, and typically a, a book, a shorter book is, you know, what, 75,000 words. So it was sort of this funny thing of um, writing. and. Um, maybe, uh, yeah, I'll, I'm getting ahead of myself. You do but, whatever you want to do with your book. Well, I was going to say, I never wanted to sound like less, the more words, the easier, because in some ways, the shorter you write, the harder it is. Okay. Um, and that's where picture books take just as long, you know, writing these picture books took me just as long as writing Embracing Rough and Tumble Play, which oh. is a 250 page book. Yeah because you have to be so succinct and still tell the story and have an emotional arc, you know, all these things. And yet, you know, you um, have to figure out what's needed, what's not. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm just going to interrupt for a minute and yeah. just tell you that um, I've used the book. So wait, can you tell us the titles first? And then I'll tell you oh, my, sure. my little story here. Um, so uh, there's Mama's Gloves. I guess I should hold it up so yeah. you actually see the yeah. whole book. The Amazing Eric. <laughs> Rita and the Firefighters. 
Brief, oh, brief finds a friend. <laughs> Locking my own microphone. Here. <laughs> All in one day. And Yvette's invitation. So I have used, um, so in our uh, preschool program that I do with the speech language department, we each week have a focus book and we read yeah. that together. And then we, um, you know, kind of tie things back to it as we're going through the rest sure. of the week. Um, and that was kind of a compromise because I didn't want to do themes. Yeah. <laughs> So we said, okay, we'll do this. We'll do the focus books. And it is fun because each day the kids get a little bit more familiar with it. And so they interact with it differently. Like the first day there, it's all brand new. And the second day they maybe notice something different. Um, But anyway, so I've used uh, Brie Finds a Friend all in one day and Yvette's Invitation um, as focus books. And the, the Brie Finds a Friend one was so perfect because Brie Finds, she was a worm collector essentially yeah. right yeah. um or she finds one worm and then she's finding a whole family right right yeah, um, yeah. And i'll let you talk about it but she's become a collector yes. she's become a collector <laughs> we have like no nature on our playground it's a beautiful playground but it's a very ultra safe uh, right. playground and there's like no nature other than the air in the sky <laughs> um but the day after it rains worms everywhere so we do have kids and one of their favorite things to do is to decide which ones are dead and which ones are alive and if they're alive they rescue them and move them right grass and if they're dead they throw them away um so anyway to to find a a children's book that was just about a little girl who is in like a child care program right collecting worms outside was so perfect yeah well good i'm glad yeah it's (laughs) funny because brie yeah that book I really like that. And that one's based on a, a true story of a uh-huh. kid who wasn't, you know, cho- sort of joined the class late and didn't know how to fit in. But when yeah. she found a worm, she suddenly, and the true story is that everybody came over, not just one kid, oh, but uh-huh. her storytelling, it's a lot easier to have two people interact. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized we jumped right into the conversation without doing a quote and I had made such a big deal. I was deal. waiting for you to- <laughs> So, so everybody rewind for a minute. Here's our quote to, to kick off, just to stay in the format. But this is Mem Fox, and it will be familiar to many people. When I say to a parent, read to a child, I don't want it to sound like medicine. I want it to sound like chocolate. Um, and, and that was going to be a neat tie-in into the Bree story because it was <laughs> such, a, such a, uh, a relevant and fun connection for them. Yeah. So, sorry, I've interrupted the flow, but I have oh, to no, make sure that's... we stayed true to the format. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's perfect because that quote really brings me to the story of how the books came about. Yeah, so yeah. many years ago, I was actually trying to get into the children's book, children's author, you know, field and was submitting books uh, or, you know, mm-hmm. submitting manuscripts and getting rejected, which is what happens. I always say like being an author is like being on a soccer team and losing every game until you finally win one, you know, like you just keep going because you just get rejected, rejected, rejected. Yeah. Then, yeah. And then it doesn't even matter. Even if your books do well, you still have to submit and get rejected, you know, mm, and, yeah. and you, ha- you have a better chance of getting accepted, but not always. So, <laughs> um, but anyways, it didn't really go anywhere. But meanwhile, I was doing a lot of storytelling and somebody had pitched, uh, somebody from Redleaf, press had pitched they wanted to do some picture books which mm-hmm. they had never done before but they wanted it to really have a more uh focus on real life sort of early childhood you know real life incidences in early childhood mm-hmm. so they pitched it to somebody 
a friend of mine and he said, no, you know, I, I don't really tell like, you know. Children's story. Well, no, he was a children's author. Oh. And actually he's illustrated a Mem Fox book. So this is a good oh, time. Wow. Uh-huh. Steve Shaskin is his name. Uh-huh. And, but he had been a teacher with me and he just said, but you know, Mike tells story, Mike Huber tells stories that are, you know, sort of these real life, you know, stories in classrooms. And one of the editors, Kira Ostendorf, um, who I do want to, whatever, pull up, you know. Acknowledge. Acknowledge, thank (laughs) you, that's the word. Um, Because in a minute I'll tell why, but uh, Uh she was like, oh, I know Mike. We were on the Manasi board together. And so she's like, I didn't know he was an author, you know, so, or a storyteller. Uh So then they pitched me and it was a very prescribed idea. It was like, we want some stories about the experience in a childcare program. And we want it to be somewhat like nebulous that you can't tell if it's a family childcare or Mm. a center, but you know, like basically, but something that's fairly realistic. And then they even told me like they want one story to be about healthy eating. Um, and you, that one was one of the books you used, except uh-huh. that I was like, okay, you know, yeah. and they said they don't want them to be too, they don't want them to feel prescribed. Right. Or I guess right. we could say feel medicinal, but <laughs> they gave me very specific. They wanted one to be about um, missing mom. They mm-hmm. wanted one to be about healthy snacks. They wanted one to be about sort of getting sad and then, um, recovering uh-huh. from that. And then one to be about, here's what a day looks like in a childcare program. Yeah. Right? And so they were very <clears throat> prescribed assignments. And so me and a few other authors went back and wrote a proposal. And for me, this came from more from my training. I always give examples to um, mm-hmm. teachers of things. And so the healthy food one, I was thinking, I always talk to people about how this is a great time to develop literacy skills in that you have informal conversations. Yeah. And so I just decided it was going to be a back and forth conversation. So it was Yvette's Invitation was the uh-huh. book. And it becomes, I think she says that only some kids can come to her birthday party. Yes. Uh-huh. I think it was only kids who eat certain things. Yeah, yeah. 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 And so that's what the story was about. And then, um, but it involved healthy eating. And then, of course, they had a lot more of like editing, like what is the food going to be for it? And, you know, <laughs> all those things. Um, but really for me, it was much more about how do kids talk? And I specifically, I actually used um, Core Advantage, the assessment tool in reverse where I created characters and then looked up, you know, what would the score be? Like, how would they talk? Oh, sure. You know, so there's, <laughs> So there's a child who only speaks in, you know, like three or four word sentences. Mm-hmm. There's um, a vet speaks in very, you know, if you do this, then this, you know, these clauses, uh, de- what is that? Dependent clauses. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, like, so, so each character kind of talks like a child at a specific, you know, developmental point. And so it was a way for me to make it. And that's sort of the prescribed part. You don't have to know that part. The chocolate <laughs> part is that it then sounds like actual kids talking like each child. Yeah you can pull out the names and know which kid is which. You know, one, You've got one in your program. Probably. Yeah, yeah. One, one kid just rhymes, right? You know, uh-huh. ice cream, vice cream, or uh-huh. whatever. Like, she doesn't yeah. really join the conversation. Or she doesn't extend the conversation. She yeah. joins the conversation, but in this very, just playing around with language, not right. really in the conversation. Yeah. Although she gets the last word yeah. in at the end. Um, yeah. 
so that was the idea of that one. And for each of them, I just sort of proposed it. And the idea was they're going to have one classroom with and three books and have an author do that. And then another classroom, you know, three books and an author does that. So then when they, they asked to meet me in person, I thought, well, that's probably a good sign. But they then said, oh, we decided we want you to do all six books. Oh. So they kept the same deadline, but. <laughs> <laughs> but loaded six you books. up. And, um, but the nice thing was once you create the characters, then you can keep them for a few books. So, mm -hmm. so that was the nice part of that. Yeah. But so the goal really was to have real life incidences <laughs> and yep. have them take about the same amount of time that would take to read. Right? Uh -huh. So yeah, um, roughly uh, some of them go a little longer, but some, you know, like the snack time, you know, it takes you eight minutes to read the book and it's probably maybe a little longer than what it would take. It's right. That's, and that's why we use the um, Yvette's invitation as one of our books because we, you know, it's a speech language uh, therapy program preschool and uh, uh, we use snack time very intentionally like right. that to try and model and 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 give them opportunities to have those conversations and start talking to each other socially rather than you know in kind of clinical right uh, right settings so that's so interesting to know that that was your process yeah yeah to, to write that one yeah yeah and then the other thing I think that um, was well I'll I'll acknowledge Kira now. So Kira Ostendorf oh, yeah. was very um, interested in, she has, um, her family is biracial, you know, all uh -huh. her kids and things. And, and for her, it's very important that all, she's not at Redleaf anymore, but, uh -huh. you know, but I think Redleaf still holds this, but that the pictures in the books, they want to be, you know, show diversity of yeah. who's out there that were, are in these classrooms and things. Mm -hmm. So she was very um, clear right away and because the truth is in the regular children's book industry picture book industry illustrators tend to you know work for decades and they kind of do what they know mm -hmm. and unless a book is explicitly about race they just kind of draw the same kids they've been drawing forever mm -hmm. you yeah. know and so change is really slow except for the books that are about race and then you know and that's finally changing. And a lot of that comes from activism from picture book authors and illustrators themselves, uh -huh. you know, saying, you know, there's no reason you couldn't change the race of like almost any book. And uh -huh. um, so, uh, but at the same time, then realizing what an effect it has, like with Brie Finds a Friend, it is uh -huh. about a worm. Uh -huh. <laughs> the, the child I knew was um, Latina uh -huh. And she, you know, didn't know how to fit in. And then she found a worm and all the kids came over and they were all like so thrilled. And uh -huh. in this book, it, the girl's black and that the race doesn't really have much to do with the storyline. And in right. fact, one thing I had done um, when I wrote, I created the characters and told the, uh, the illustrator, which usually doesn't happen. I, but I specifically said how old the child was, uh -huh. what store they get their clothing from and links to that store so he could kind of get an idea of like this is the kid that wears patterns this is the kid uh -huh. who, you know because he cool. and then um and then the race of the child yeah and then I like switched the names before I submitted that to him so that you know worrying if I had any bias um, uh -huh. sure. you know that it might switch around so you know for me I didn't really think about Brie being the child who's black but then when they the artistic director made this cover based uh -huh. on it. Um, 
I had, so the, the only, or one of the two book signings I did was at NACI. And when I yeah. got there to do the book signing, there were two black teachers waiting, you know, for me to sign the book. Yeah. And they were like, you know, we don't know of a book that has a child this big, you know. Yeah. With her skin I, color. The illustrations are really great too, because, <clears throat> because of the diversity that they reflect yeah. in just an authentic way. It's not like intending to address any any issues with diversity it's just right the world is diverse and the children we care for is are diverse and also the the illustrations are big yeah um, and so it's it works for you know those of us who are doing like a group reading where yeah. we want to make sure everybody can kind of see things and um uh so that's i i feel like that was just a really effective yeah of of the collection yeah so joseph kalman's the illustrator and i i thank you <laughs> agree he really um really like nailed it you know that mm -hmm. all the kids have personalities yeah and then the artistic direct director jim hardigan also like the way he has you know the um the pictures like you said uh -huh. being so big and there's always characters in the background like one thing they wanted they asked the illustrator to do is make it look like it's a classroom yeah you know, so only when you really need to just focus on one character, have it that close up. Otherwise, there's always got to be kids in the background. Yeah. And then one of my favorite things when I read the books is that kids will, oh, there's Brie in the background. You know, for a different <laughs> book, they'll like see yeah, the other characters. Yeah, they start to recognize. Yeah. 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 And I I think the the connection to, or the, I guess, just the creation of books that are set in a childcare setting um, might also help parents who yeah. are wanting to read to their children and are sort of uncomfortable, you know, making connections or asking the questions and all the things that are recommended to parents as they read with their children, because these are things their children will talk to them about and it will sort of guide the conversation. Like right. they're very familiar with the things that are happening in that book. So it's a, another opportunity for lots of language use right. as, as adults right. and children read those together. Yeah. And my hope too, is that, um, I mean, for all in one day. So the prescription was, what's a typical day mm -hmm. in early childhood? So it does have like the various parts of the day. So, you know, using um, Lisa Murphy's latest book would be like, could we, re you know, yeah. <laughs> rework that a bit? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, I wanted to have this structure, but also show that it's pretty much play the whole time, right? right? That it's not this, um, and now we're going to do, you know, the teacher's going to bring out this activity they read on Pinterest or saw on Pinterest and, <laughs> you know, cause, um, so like the teacher led activity was literally giving them boxes with something inside it. And that was it, you know, yeah. and then, um, and so, and that was actually, that was the one that I actually wrote out that story where they used flashlights. Yes. Um, was the, the one spread, like uh, they had me come up with some plot lines, but then one where I had like a, pages kind of plotted out. And that was the one scene for many yeah. of these books that I had out. And they were like, oh, that just shows childhood where the kids were the ones who were like, right. I and know what this needs. We had we had to bring in lots of flashlights after we read that one, because that was the one that grabbed their attention. That was the, right because they wanted to do more with. Yeah, to me, that book is the most like stilted because it still has to follow this like thing. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm hoping there's this like play theme that's going around mm -hmm. and I guess for me, I'm just going to say the one thing that I wanted was the kids are essentially building things to create this world. And then someone decides it's going to be a show and they're, you know, putting up mm -hmm. chairs and someone's making tickets, mm -hmm. which always happens. 
but I didn't want them to actually do the show at the end because to me that never happened. Right. So I'm a light bulb just went off because at the end of this, so we, we closed down our, our preschool in March, of course, when lots of people did. And towards the end of that time, um, I had older uh, five-year-olds and it was their second year in the program and they were it's just doing more complex play than some of the others were. Yep. And they were putting on a show and they were, but it was all about the preparation. Like mm-hmm. every day they'd spend an hour working on putting on the show, but there was never a show. Right. And, um, and, and we were always thinking, where did this come from? Why, why this interest? And we were asking families, did they go to some, and no, but it was, we read this book earlier in the semester <laughs> and uh, it must've just been back in their minds. Right. Right. So you just made that connection for me. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, but it is funny because I don't think like, I mean, I, you know, was in the classroom for 25 years and Mm -hmm. I don't know if I ever saw a show. I mean, sometimes they'd be like doing something, then tell me it's a show. Yeah. But the idea of actually putting out chairs, making sets and Uh performing, like, I don't think that ever happened in the 25 years I was there. And, And that's one of those ones that in the book, I didn't make it the teacher thing, but if kids do it, it's usually because the teacher is the one like, okay, now let's do the show, yeah. you know, and the, the teacher kind of takes over in a way. Right, right. Um, or assigns jobs. Assigns jobs. to people. Yeah. yeah, so that was the one part where I was like, you know, kind of wor- like pushing against the editors. Yeah. There was, there was always little things where the editors want, like I was trying to use the language the way kids talk, like I was mm-hmm. trying to... Um, uh, fighter fire yeah <laughs> for firefighter and um they're just like no it's too confusing when you read it oh you know like it yeah and it, and it is true i think they're right about that one um you know there were certain certain things where the language that kids would use uh-huh. uh doesn't come across yeah. like if you know but if you heard the kid talking for a while you'd kind of get <laughs> like what what's happening so yeah uh, you know and um, yeah, and, and I don't want to say, because the editors had a lot of great, like, let me see if I can find it. Well, I guess it was the amazing Eric. Yeah. Um, so in this one, the <laughs> child gets his sleeve wet yeah. and gets upset. And that's the whole story, which, oh so God. Steve Shaskin, who was the, the one who had originally been asked and has quite a few books. His uh-huh. latest is uh, Pizza versus Taco. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but he um, he was saying, you know, in the commercial picture book world, they would never, like he said, if I proposed a story about a kid who gets his sleeve wet and is upset, <laughs> they would be saying like, why would a kid get upset if his sleeve was wet? You know, right. and, and that's where it was great having editors who work in early childhood. Yeah. Cause they were like, well, of course. Yeah, cause I guarantee yeah. you everyone listening who just heard you say that has a kid in their mind now. Yep, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But the editors really helped because they really wanted it. They didn't want it just to be he gets upset and then he's fine. Uh-huh. You know, they re- and so that was the hardest one to write in 500 words. I think it's a little less than that. Yeah. But have this like arc of him being upset and then coming down, you know, mm-hmm. starting to calm down, having someone help. Um, yeah. Ha- you know, like, and that, that the editor really had to help me with like figuring out how to do that without having all these words. And yeah have it as much as possible concrete things and not just, oh, you know, you know, you don't do an internal monologue with a picture book. <laughs> right. So that's, that that's probably the hardest yeah. thing about the books. Hmm. And, and actually that's where, so Mama's Gloves. I was going to say, I love Mama's Gloves. <laughs> and this one actually comes out of, they wanted a kid to miss his mom. And then I knew right away, like, 
it can't be like, oh, he misses his mom, he's crying, you know, teacher says it's okay. Yeah. And I actually got it from an interview that I saw of Jack Nicholson, where he said what he does as an actor is he finds something on set to interact with, to show what he's thinking. So he says by the time he does a line, people kind of already know his mental state because of whatever he's doing, you know, or after he does it. Like he doesn't have to do a lot in the line. He can kind of say it um, because he's kind of showing. So I I suddenly realized, oh, the child will have something else that shows mom. So I asked a teacher, a toddler teacher, Uh you know, I was talking to her like, and she said, oh, that's so weird because uh, just the other day, a mom left her book. So originally it was a book, you know, where uh-huh. the because ki- the kid did like hold the book yeah. and put in the cubby, all the things. And it just didn't seem personal enough. So mm-hmm. I don't remember how yes. gloves came up, but uh-huh. it definitely has more of that touch. and Yeah, you know, yeah. Thing. But that was the idea was to try to figure out how to make it. And then again, so now the prescribed part was to have missing mom, but the storyline is, mm-hmm. um, that that's the chocolate, right? That, yeah, yeah. So... Um. You're doing great making that analogy, tying back to the quote. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, shoot. I can't remember what else I was going to ask. I was going to say, so in All in One Day, when we use that as our focus book, because we're just half day. um, As we read it out loud, though, the children in my class were like so interested in all that afternoon stuff that they don't get to do. And uh, and I was like, well, we can still do those things in the morning. Except for nap time. We yeah, I was going to say, that part time. you don't want anyways. Right? <laughs> exactly, yeah. But it was so funny that they made that connection. And right. Like, Wait, some of this is like our day, but that part's yeah. not like our day. And there, and there was that discussion because they, you know, basically the decision was that it would be, wor- not worse, but it'd be more alienating or whatever mm-hmm. with the word for the kids who do stay all day to suddenly like, wait, they had lunch and they go home or they go home before lunch. You know? Sure. They're like, yeah. Like, wait, we're what getting about? ripped off. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. So the idea was more about that because any teacher or parent could be reading it and then say, Oh, and look at the, in this program, uh-huh. they do this, even though we yeah. don't Yeah. versus having to add stuff that's not in there, which I suppose you still could if, yeah. you know, your program yeah. that brushes teeth or something, but <laughs> um, you know, that, so yeah. 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 So there's there's five or six. There's six books. Six books, and they buy them from Redleaf Press. Yeah, is that right? Is that where we're sending? That is them right. Yes, Red, from Redleaf Press. Yeah, and it is on Amazon, and you know it's one of those things nowadays. Like publishers have deals with Amazon. Right. They make less. I make less when you order from Amazon. So, <laughs> so by all means, go Red to Redleaf Press. <laughs> but. Um, but, and I think they do have a, um, still have like, if you buy all six, you know, it's a different price, right. like a discount to buy the series. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they feel good. Like, a, you know, I'm a nerd and I, how the book feels is important to me too. Right. And so when I got my box of all of them, yeah, yeah. it was just very substantial. <laughs> and I was already like, oh, I'm going to like these yeah. books. So. And how about the end pages too? Each yeah. one having a different color and image. Like it's. Yes. Like, yeah. yeah, you really get the sense of what the art director does when uh-huh. you get the whole set. I Not that I'm like, about there being an art director, but yeah, that does make sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Um, well, what else do you want to say about them? Anything? Um, I mean, I think the main thing, like what I find, I'll just use my own dad as the example. Yeah. My dad read them and was like, 
baseball. These aren't really about anything, you know, like <laughs> he didn't get it. And I feel like it does happen with some grownups. Sure. I feel like people who work with children kind of get it more, we'll but connect. what I really see is the kids get it. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. always been the most fun is watching kids. Yeah. Like, interacting with it or or talking about the characters as being you know real people or, uh-huh. um i love so the that, idea of recognizing characters from book to book even if they're just in the background right right yeah so that you know that's i think what i'm most proud of is that i tried to make characters that were real because that's one thing that for a lot of picture book authors they aren't well one they're not trying for realism and right, then two, right. they're not they don't you know work whatever I've had experience with you know thousands of kids where yeah. I can kind of pull out yeah it would be hard to be things. authentic without yeah. the experience that you have and right. um and, and most authors write matters. about eight-year-olds you know mm-hmm. or seven-year-olds and that's yeah. pretty typical or even yeah. six-year-old because they talk more like a, an adult so it's easier to write dialogue mm. and things and for mine I was you know really determined to make it sound like kids um and, you know, you can only tell certain stories with that. But uh, yeah. um, but that was my goal. And I actually, like, looking back on it, that's the thing I think I achieved the most. So, yeah. You know. Yeah. I think it's a great collection. I um, uh, was really excited to stumble across it. And, you know, I did, I did, I saw them before I realized, before I connected that it was you. Right. Like, I just saw them in the Redleaf um, yeah. uh, catalog that I get, like, six of for some reason. Yeah. And it's also good, like for me, I, I kind of dabble in a lot of different things. So it, yeah. like it, it feels kind of fun that there's that and then there's this. And it, for whatever reason, this year became like, I did a few interviews with people about the picture books and uh-huh. sort of haven't since 2014. So it's uh-huh. kind of this nice, like, oh yeah, I'm also a picture book. Author. Yeah, oh I yeah, I did that thing. <laughs> I mean, I do go to a, well, it used to be uh, drinks with picture book authors here in the Twin Cities fun. every month. Um, so, you know, I drink with picture book authors. <laughs> I haven't really tried writing one in a few years. It was the next natural step. The, yeah. <laughs> now that I got into the drinking club, I don't really need to write it more. No, I'm just. <laughs> yeah. Um, I need a club like that. Well, actually not right now because I'm not going anywhere, but um, that sounds fun. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, thank you, Mike. This was great. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I hope folks will uh, pick up the books and and use them because they really are they're they're beautiful they're good stories they're authentic and relevant and all those things that you've said were your goals I think you've <laughs> I think you've hit it thanks um, yeah so um thanks for being here and thanks everybody for listening and we'll see you again next week for and that's the show now go get your nerd on has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.